Our Old Testament lesson comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. Our New Testament lesson comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 3 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, doing the will of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus." For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we may walk in them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. Well, I want to begin with a question, as has been my fashion during this season. What are you committed to? I just want you to think about it for a moment. What are you committed to? Sorry, that's improper grammar. To what are you committed? <laughs> I just want you to consider that. Maybe it's a spouse or significant other. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a community. Maybe it's a religion or denomination. But what about other things? What about... A fan base? What about a sports team? What about a nation? What about an idea or a cause? Do you have things like that you're committed to? Like nobody nodded their head, so I'm guessing you're all very non committal people. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Uh, are there other things that I didn't list there that you feel committed to? Oh, it's going to be one of those kind of days. That's fine, that's fine. Well, then a follow-up question. How would someone know that you're committed to that thing? For, for instance, if, uh, when it comes to our significant others, we have this uh, togetherness. Like we show up to things together, we do stuff together, we spend time together. You know, there's that togetherness that shows it. Uh, with a job, m most people show their commitment to a job by showing up every day, right? Uh, with a community, we end up investing in that community, spending time there, pouring our resources there, and uh, whether we like it or not, we put our taxes into that community. With a religion or denomination, we give of ourselves to that. We give of our time to show up to uh, church on Sunday morning, I guess. We give of our resources whenever there's a stewardship campaign and stuff like that. With a fan base, 
it's interesting, right? We, uh, we dress up and we go to conventions and stuff like that. I don't know if y'all are have, like, uh, committed to a fan base like that. Or a sports team. We rally behind their events. I mean, it's absolutely insane how many people we could pack into a stadium to cheer for people who are actually just running into each other over an oddly shaped ball. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what we do. For a nation, if we're committed to a nation, we have things like our Pledge of Allegiance, right? I mean, we actually pledge our allegiance to that. Or perhaps we are one of those who are bold enough to stand up and defend that nation. With an idea or a cause, if we're committed to it, then we advocate for it. But what about God? I know, I know, that's the classic preacher transition there. But let's honestly consider for a moment. Are we committed to God? Like a genuine commitment. The same kind of commitment that we might have towards uh, our favorite sports team. The same kind of commitment we might have to the Mobile community. Do we have that level of commitment? If so, how would somebody know? Would anybody know? Aside from maybe you have a bumper sticker? Are those still in style? I don't know. I feel like they've gone out. Anyway, this right here, this question about how someone would know if we're committed to God, this is where faith comes into play. So what is faith? Right, this is, this is one of those church words that we just kind of throw around and we don't actually like get into the heart of, of what that word really means. Uh, if we wanted to unpack it a little bit, right, we, we can take the more extended word faithfulness. And what is faithfulness? Thoughts? Dependable. Yeah, dependable. Mm -hmm. Seeking. Seeking, sure. Commitment. Commitment, yeah. Great word today. <laughs> yes, all these things. Devotion, our attention, Yes. We often say that faith is belief or trust. But if we start to unpack that word a little bit, we can recognize, especially if we get into the Greek word pistis, which is the word we most frequently translate as faith in the New Testament, we see that belief or trust is just a part of the equation. Right? If, uh, if we're going to be faithful to a cause, we do have to believe in that cause, we have to trust in that cause, but that's not enough to show that we're faithful to it. There's one other aspect. It's action. That's faith. Trust in action. Faith is how we display our devotion to God. Faith is an act of commitment. Now, if we get stuck in the definition that faith is simply belief or trust, then we might be wondering how on earth could we possibly display our commitment through our faith? Because if faith is just belief or trust, then all we have to do is show up to church on a Sunday morning, sit in the pew, hear a guy talk for way too long, and that's enough for our faith. But if faith goes a little bit deeper, then our lives are going to be challenged a little bit more. 
James chapter 2 verse 18 says, But some will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from works and I by my works will show you faith. Now, this is a very controversial passage to bring up, particularly on Reformation Sunday, <laughs> uh, because the whole Reformation happened as Martin Luther was responding to this whole, uh, no, 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 we're saved by faith, not by our works. And yes, that's absolutely true, hence Ephesians chapter 2 coming in. But we're not actually saved by faith. Uh, this was a, uh, a misunderstanding of the text. We are not saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith. Because faith is an action. Even if faith was just belief or trust, that's still something we do. And there's absolutely nothing that we can do to save ourselves. That is the enduring love of God that does that. Nothing on our account. So that, Ephesians reminds us, no one may boast. Faith, according to James though, cannot be separated from works. Because faith is something to be lived out. Faith is something that is displayed. Faith is something that is active. Faith is something that is, as Yancey showed us, giving of our time, our talent, our treasure, giving of ourselves. Faith is an action based on trust, built on our belief, and it's also an action built on our selflessness. Our Old Testament lesson today, the first verse uh, in its Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insights. You see, it begins with this act of trust. Faith, as it is, is knowing that God is at work even when we may not see, hear, or feel. So I need a volunteer. I actually do need a volunteer this morning. I'm not going to blindfold you. Ah, oh, Yancey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, we're actually going to start at the back of the sanctuary here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to blindfold myself. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I volunteer to you. All right, yeah, we're we're going to start back here. Um, Let's see here. I should probably get into position. All right. What I, what I want you to do is get me halfway down this aisle, uh, only like kind of pushing on my back, kind of guiding me where to go. Does that make sense? Yes. No words. Let's see if I can get this right. Okay. Wow, that's dark. All right. Yeah, if you can get me halfway down the aisle just pushing on my back. Let's see what we can do here. Also, I have a, a tendency not to walk in a straight line. I would never pass a sobriety test on the side of the road. You said halfway? Yeah, halfway. Did we make it? Oh, yeah. Ooh, nice. That was pretty easy. Perfect. All right, now can you go to the end of the aisle? And this time I want you to try to get me to the end of the aisle using words alone. Just tell me when to start walking. Four. All right. Whoa. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Very good, very good. Oh, uh -huh, uh -huh. oh perfect. Wow. All right. That was a. Uh, that was pretty easy. Uh, thank you so much, Nancy. You're not done yet. Hold on, right there. Uh, I think you're right there. Uh, so faith. Am I facing the congregation? Okay. <laughs> ah, thank you. Uh, so 
So faith works a little bit like this. And now I, I want to make a, a very important distinction. We're not talking about blind faith here, okay? I know that Yancey's here. I'm not just trusting that, you know, that I'm going to be walking down the aisle and everything's going to be okay. I'm trusting in Yancey to get me there. This is kind of how faith works. It's this action of trust. Now, I could be still standing at the other end of the aisle and know that Yancey is going to get me down the aisle. Uh, we're not getting married, not that kind of way. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that Yancey's going to be able to get me down the aisle, and I don't take a step. I could still trust and believe that he could do that, but I don't take a step. That's only part of the equation. It's taking the steps, following where Yancey's leading me. That's whenever faith starts to take shape. But here's the thing. This part was easy. This part was easy to, to, to take advantage of uh, because it's just a straight line somewhere in this range, I guess. Uh, let's make it a little bit more harder. Uh, Yancey, do you think you could get me up to the pulpit? Uh, this time, using, yeah, let's just use your words. See if you can get me up to the pulpit. All right. Follow me. All right. Listen to my voice. I'm listening to your voice. Turn right. All right. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the thing, okay? This is where it starts to get more complicated for me because I, I literally have no idea what's happening. Keep on coming. All right. All right. I'm not eligible. Uh-huh. See, but, but it's more complicated now. What if I start to get nervous? What if I trip and embarrass myself or bust my face on the altar rail? Ooh, what if I hear another voice? Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Don't listen to them. So right. we have this tendency when things start getting complicated, when things start getting scary, that, you know, Yancey, I, I, I'm trusting you for a second here. Which way am I going? You're just stop right there. Oh, You're just okay. sidestep to the right. Slide to the right. Slide to the right. More? Yep, slide to the right a little bit more. Oh, oh. Stop right there. Okay, okay. Now, step up. Uh-huh. Two steps Ooh. forward. I don't trust you anymore. This is getting scary. Nope, nope. I don't, I don't want to. Where am I at? Ah! 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 See what happens when you stop trusting somebody? All right, let's try this again. All right, where am I going? Uh, slide step to the right, too. There you go, stop. Forward, okay. two steps. Steps. One. Ooh, where's it at? Two. Oh, I forgot about my robe. One more step. And Ooh. turn left. Walk about six steps. Put your hand out. Left hand. Ooh. Hey, I made it. Y'all, let's give Yancey a round of applause. Well, that's disorienting. Uh, <laughs> see, whenever we get to the hard parts in faith, we might start to feel like we need to trust ourselves. Because it's getting too hard, it's getting too scary. I'm going to mess, like something's going to mess up if I just keep following this ethereal voice that's, that's happening here. And it doesn't end up working in our favor. I'm so glad. I forgot there was a burning candle there. I'm glad you didn't let me get that close. <laughs> uh, but that's whenever things start going wrong, right? Whenever we're trying to walk this faith journey and we start trying to do it based on how I think it should go. Faith is trust built on belief. I believed wholeheartedly that Yancey was there. I'm pretty sure he's not a projection. And I had trust that he would be able to get me to where I needed to go. But it wasn't until I started going there that I had any hope of getting there. That's the journey of faith. And it's a whole lot easier when you actually trust the one who can see, the 
one who knows exactly what's going on, rather than just what I think I can pull together. Because I'll tell you what, I also need glasses. <laughs> I can't see very well on my own, uh, literally and metaphorically. I don't listen very well on my own. My wife will tell you that. I have lots of flaws, and they're going to get me in trouble. This journey of faith is about trust in action. So today, we conclude our stewardship campaign with this message on faith. And all along, we've been talking about how what we have, our life, our time, our talent, our money, our faith, all belong to God. But what does it mean for us to give our faith to God? Our New Testament lesson today was a tough choice for me, and it wasn't my first choice. In fact, it was my fifth. I didn't want to use this one. Uh, but, but there are two things that are important in this New Testament lesson from Ephesians today for us to uh, attend to. Uh, the first is that we have been saved by grace through faith. Right? Faith is an important component of our salvation narrative. We have been saved by grace, but faith takes us the distance that we need to go following that salvation. In, in the United Methodist Church, we call this uh, the process of sanctification. Oh, too much, too, too little time to get into all of that. But the second thing we need to attend to comes at the end of our Ephesians uh, passage, uh, verses, eight and, uh, verses 8, 9, and 10, uh, or excuse me, verses 9 and 10, uh, which is that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, created for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. In other words, we commit ourselves to God with our faith, not for our salvation, but because it is what we were created for, to do good things, to make a difference, to make a change. And living out our faith as an act of commitment is the only meaningful response to our salvation, knowing that God is working for our good. I want you to consider that, that living out our faith as an act of commitment is the only meaningful response to our salvation. Trust in action. And so my challenge for each and every one of us today and forevermore is to commit your faith, your all, to God. Let your life reflect your salvation. Live for God, not for yourself. At the beginning of the series, we noted that one of the most infuriating words to come from children, a word which we embody more often than children, is that word, mine. I hope that over the course of this series, we have been able to see how there isn't really anything that is mine, but there are many things that are tools, avenues to make a difference in the world which we have been given the opportunity to occupy. My life, my time, my talent, my money, my faith, they are all God's. So let us commit to lives that reflect our salvation today. Let us commit to the mission of God through the ministry of the church in 2023. And let us pray.